Hey everybody, this is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's great to have you with us today, whether you're a member at Parker Ford or simply joining us online. We're so happy to have you with us as we continue our midweek teaching series through the Sermon on the Mount. We're calling this series A Path Forward because what we're looking to do in this series is look at the Sermon on the Mount as I think Jesus intended it, which is an alternative way to live. His kingdom is not of this world, and he's offering us a better way forward. Today, we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, verses 5 to 15, which includes what's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. And what I'm calling today's teaching is a prayer for every day. So let's pray. Let's invite the Lord to lead us as we engage this important teaching. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the example of prayer that you set for us. Thank you that you taught us how to pray. In Luke 11, when when Luke quotes these same verses or quotes this, this same teaching, he includes this detail that the disciples came to Jesus and asked him how to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. And it's the same prayer that's included in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. So would you teach us afresh? This is a passage many of us have heard many, many times. But make it fresh today for us, God. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Once again, just by way of review, the purpose of this series is to help us see that Jesus offers us a way out of gridlock, out of partisanship, out of rage, out of a culture of chaos, out of a culture of screaming and lack of listening, into something better, which is his kingdom. Jesus' first sermon, which would give shape to his public ministry, was this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then his whole life, the rest of his ministry, as well as the teachings that he gave, the parables that he told, were ways that he was expressing and teaching his disciples and those who would come after him how to live in the kingdom of God here on earth today. And so the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' response to the question, how do we repent and live as if that's true? The kingdom of heaven is truly here at hand. Matthew 6, verse 5, Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners, that they may be seen by others. This is uh, related to the passage we looked at last week where we were talking about who looks good, why, what is the motivation behind the things that we do. Jesus, continuing in this theme, says, don't be like those who are play-acting, hypocritical, who are just praying in order to receive personal glory. Truly, I say to you, when that's your motivation, when you're praying just to have other people listen to you, you've already received your reward. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus isn't saying that there isn't a need for or a time for corporate prayer. Jesus himself prayed in front of people all the time. What he's saying is, what is the motivation? If the motivation is that you appear holy and righteous, that you appear to be a person who's really in tune with God and got yourself together— then it's best if you just go into your closet and do it privately. Because God is there in the closet. He's he's in that secret place and he'll reward you for that. So what's the motivation? Who's receiving the glory? We can continue to ask that same motivational question. He goes on to say in verse 7, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So once again, it's not that Jesus is saying don't 
pray or speak often to your father, he's saying don't act as if your father doesn't hear you and you've got to shout to get his attention. It's like Elijah confronting the prophets of Baal on top of Mount Carmel when they're beating themselves and causing themselves to bleed, calling Baal to wake up and send fire from heaven and Elijah makes fun of them and he says, is your God relieving himself? Is he in the bathroom? Did he fall asleep? And then he just prays this simple prayer, God, I know that you hear me. Let your fire fall and the fire of God falls. Jesus echoing the same sentiment, the same idea says, your father hears you. You don't have to beat yourself. You don't have to earn it. Your father is a good father who hears you when you pray. And so simply pray with the conviction of knowing that he knows what you need. And then he says, pray then like this. And he's going to go into what's been known, uh, become known as, um, as uh, the Lord's Prayer, which has been pointed out by many people. Um, uh, Andrew Miller is one of the people who pointed this out, other, other writers, that it's funny that we call this the Lord's Prayer because it's really what he's teaching us to pray. This should be our prayer. The Lord's Prayer is John 17, where he prays that God might receive the glory and that we might be one, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. But regardless, Jesus teaches us, his followers, to pray like this. Now, this is uh, a passage that could receive hours and hours and hours of teaching, and books have been written about this, and, and you know, so many uh, incredible insights can be drawn for it. I'm trying to keep these teachings under 15 minutes. And so what I want to focus on is just a couple of things today, knowing that this, as you and we wrestle through this and, and meditate on it and chew on it, there are so many things that the Spirit of God can reveal to us. So Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. So we have a Father. <laughs> he is in the heavenly places, but close enough to us here on earth to also hear us. Hallowed be your name. He is both near and other. He is both intimate and holy. He is both imminent and ever-present and all-powerful, all-encompassing. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is really the hinge on which the entire Sermon on the Mount turns. This is, this is the, the piece that holds it all together. Jesus' kingdom is actually God's kingdom. And Jesus' will is that the will of the Father would be done. Jesus says repeatedly, nothing I do, I do on my own. I do it because I see the Father doing it. And nothing I say comes from me. It comes because I hear the Father saying it. Your kingdom come, your will be done where? Here, on earth. The kingdom of God is not a, a kingdom of, of just doctrines and believing the right things about God. The kingdom of God is about the will of God being done here. And we, the people of God, seeking to live in his kingdom, are to be a people who are seeking to live out his will and bring about his will and the accomplishment of his will here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, he says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he says this, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And several of the New Testament writers are going to pick up on this specific statement of Jesus. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Paul quotes it. John quotes it. James talks about it as well. We are to forgive as we have been forgiven. 
Sky Jatani, in his little devotional book, What If Jesus Was Serious, says this about the Lord's Prayer. When we live in the Lord's Prayer, we learn to let go of our rushing. We learn to release our fear of not having enough and, uh, and our striving for control. We begin to slow down and trust our Father and discover that true life is not found in what we eat or drink or wear or drive. What an incredible challenge for us in one of the wealthiest, most fed cultures that has ever existed. Will we hear Jesus ask, will you be content with enough bread for today? Will you slow down? Will you release the worries of this world and find your true life in communion with God? Which is the main point I want to bring us to today and why I titled this teaching, A Prayer for Every Day. Many of us have habits and rhythms in the morning. I don't know about you, but really the first thing I think about, I've, I have four little kids, and the first thing I think about every morning is getting a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's just a rhythm, a daily practice, a, a liturgy of sorts. When I wake up, I go, I get a cup of coffee, and if I'm able to, I sit down and read. But out of habit, it's also really hard for me not to reach for my phone and check the, low, the, the scores of the game last night or, or the news headlines or the Facebook feed or, or whatever it is. It's so easy to habitually just, when I wake up, reach for that thing. What the, what the Lord's Prayer offers us is a daily rhythm, a way of not, not only orienting our prayer life, but actually orienting the way that we live. That we would be a people who live with the knowledge that God is holy and he is our father. That we would be a people that seek his kingdom every day to live in it and accomplish his will here on earth, just as in heaven, who trust him daily for our needs. We don't, we don't need to worry about what we'll wear or what we'll eat or drink. Jesus supplies our needs, our daily bread. That we're to be a people of forgiveness who forgive because we've been forgiven. People who trust in his will and trust in his, the way that his spirit leads us, not into temptation, but into his very goodness, into the heart of his kingdom. And so this, people of God, is a prayer for every day, not just when we come to church and say it out loud together, or you happen to be reading through Matthew or Luke and you come across it. This is a prayer for every single day. I would challenge you for the remainder of the, the week, let this prayer be the first thing you do every day when you wake up. Let it give orientation to your day. So when your alarm goes off or your child wakes you up or it's time to get up and the sun wakes you up, however it is that you start your day, before you reach for your phone, before you get the cup of coffee, stay, just stay for a moment in bed and pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. May we be a people who are, are continually orienting ourselves around this way that Jesus has offered us. It's a different path forward than what the world has. It's an alternative way of living. So as we wrap up today, uh, today's teaching, I'd encourage you to read Matthew 6, verses 5 to 18 on your own. How does this prayer give order to your life and your soul? How does it orient you? 
How does this prayer help you practice contentment and rest? And how does this teaching of Jesus offer us a path forward that's different than what the world offers? I pray that this prayer is a blessing for you. I challenge you to to orient your day around it for the remainder of the week and see what God does through that. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Go with God. Be blessed.